I really don't have like a typical message, but you can turn to Genesis chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 1. And um, while I don't have a typical message, I have a lot of things on my heart that I want to share. And it is Life Group's launch, and I want to get you out there uh, so you can get plugged into Life Groups. And so I'm just going to talk through some things. Um, but the first thing is that what I really want you to know, and, and, and I know we're building a building, but, but the vision is not a, it's not a building. Like the vision of Pathway was never about having a building or building a building. It's, this is phase one, then there'll be phase two, there'll be other campuses between phase one and phase two. And, you know, I mean, I don't know, we could have a hundred buildings by the time we're done. I don't know if we'll ever be done. Maybe a hundred buildings by the time Jesus comes back. So the goal is taking over the world. The goal is not to build a building. Now, building is nice because this one, we're out of space in this one, especially on our kids' side. Um, and so, in fact, this building limits us in a lot of ways. Like on a day like today, we can't do a life groups launch unless God really moves and we have great weather, which isn't the weather great today. <laughs> Jesus is still alive, everybody, you know, and so, um, but we can't, there's not, there's not space in the building for a lot of things that we want to do. And so a building's a tool. That's really all it is. It's, it's not a church. You are actually the church. Uh, we just put you in a building, and then, you know, so th the church isn't a building. The church is you, and the church is what you do and how God moves in your life. And, and so I just want to make that clear, that the vision isn't like, oh, we're going to get a building, and that's what we're trying to do. No, the vision is we're trying to change the world. We're trying to change our community. We're trying to change people. It's, God has this vision, uh, and his vision is really very simple. In fact, I, I wish that everybody would listen to the message from last week so you understand God's vision. But God's vision is very simple. He wants heaven on earth. He, he doesn't want earth to come to heaven. He wants to bring heaven to earth. And, and, and so God has a vision. And, and what I want you to understand is that it, Pathway is not here because Marty had a vision. Or Julie had a, you know, Pastor Marty, Julie. It's, it's really not about us. Pathway is here because God had a vision. And Pathway is God's vision. In fact, I would say this, that Every vision you have comes from God. It's God's vision that, that we kind of become stewards of. And that's the way we've always looked at it. Like we steward the vision of God for Pathway. Uh, Pathway is not us and we are not Pathway. Pathway is its own thing that God wanted, that God created. It comes from the heart of God and God showed it to us. In fact, really that's what, how we get vision. Uh, Paul said, I pray uh, that, the, that the eyes of your heart would be opened or enlightened right? So you'd know what is the hope of your calling. In other words, here's what God says. God has a vision and then by his grace, he turns on the light so you can see your part in his vision. And that's really all that we did here. We saw our part in God's vision and God has done amazing things. And I, I remember the first service. I always think about this on birthday and I didn't bring a bunch of pictures like I did last year, but I remember the first service. And if you were at the first service, Wow, wasn't that an adventure? We were in a dingy hotel. Um, somehow people showed up. Um, the sound wasn't any... We didn't have the worship team we have today. We didn't have the sound. We didn't have lights. It was just... It was the best we could do, but it was a train wreck. Anyways, um, and somehow God moved, and, and people showed up, and people continued to show up. And then I remember when it was time to move into this building, and this building didn't look anything like this. In fact, it was... It was rough. I mean, it was mauve. That's rough. Um, and I remember that we really couldn't afford, 
to renovate this building the way that it looks now, but yet God provided miraculously. And so I, I remember all these cool things. I was thinking that uh, since we've started the church, we've, we've given, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars away to missionaries and, and ministries and even just people in need. And, and now I was thinking about the fact that we've seen, you know, over, uh, now over 1,200 people accept Christ uh, in Pathway Services uh, in the last eight years. And so there's just so many amazing things that God's done. And, and I could tell you some of the stories to tell you why this church really should have never made it. It should have never survived. I mean, there's just so much adversity and things that we've, we've faced, but yet this church has just always kept going. And there's been many times you and I've looked at it and said, I can't believe it's still going. And it's just still going. Uh, and going stronger than ever. Engagement as far as from our people being involved is at an all-time high. And uh, we're launching a record number of groups today. And, and so God has just been faithful, but we need to understand God's been faithful to his vision, not my vision. Do you understand the difference? And so God has a vision. He wants heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. And that's really the role of the church. The role of the church is to be that gateway of heaven that gets heaven into the earth. And that's really what we're all about. And one of the ways we do that is reaching people and helping them become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. And that's kind of our vision and so you need to understand that, that God has a vision and, and then we, we, our heart is enlightened and we find our place and now God has a vision for us. So God has this corporate vision and God has these individual visions. In other words, God has a vision for you and probably the reason why you're here is the same reason why I'm here actually. God has a vision for me and God has a vision for Pathway and they're not the same but there's this intersection of God's vision for Pathway and God's vision for me and that's why I'm here and that's why you're here because God's vision for you and God's vision for Pathway has brought you to an intersection and maybe that is you didn't know God's vision for you or you don't know God's vision for you and God brought you here so he could show you his vision for you. Because I think it's one of the greatest roles of the church. The local church is supposed to help connect people to purpose. That's what we've said from the beginning. And so if you're sitting here like, I don't know God's vision for me, you're in the right place. You're in step one, right? And so God has a vision um, for all of us. And, um, and, and here's, here's why I like to talk about this. Because if, if, I don't see, if I don't see God's vision for me, I might accept a lesser counterfeit, right? If I don't really see God's vision for me, I might accept a vision that is a lesser counterfeit of what God really wanted me to be. And I'll tell you, I think one of the things the enemy is so good about is offering you counterfeit visions for your life. He offers you ulterior ideas and motives and, and he'll get you. I think, you know what I think is the greatest failure in life? Being successful at the wrong thing. I think that's the greatest failure you can have is being successful at the wrong thing. Right? And here's why. Because you keep failing, you might find the right thing. But if you become really successful at the wrong thing, you'll never find the right thing. Right? Um, it's probably the reason why Whitney Houston became such a big pop star instead of worship leader. She became really successful at the wrong thing. Because there was anointing on that lady. Like, she could sing the Star Spangled Banner and I'd cry. I don't cry easy. I'm like, woo, America, Jesus, woo. <laughs> Anyways, so God has a vision for every person, and that's, and that's what we believe. God, uh, he said this to Jeremiah, I know the plans that I have for you, and they're good plans. They're plans to prosper you. They're plans of hope. God has plans for all of you that are good plans. Like, if you don't hear anything else from me ever, hear that. God has good plans for you. 
He has plans. He only thinks good things about you. God's not trying to kill you. He's trying to get you to live. Does that make sense? And, and so um, we, I, I actually know God's plan for you because categorically or generally it's the same for everybody. Would you like to know God's plan for you? It exists in what we call the four B's. Believe, belong, become, and build. In fact, I can show you Genesis 126. This is when God made man. God made man and said, let us make man. And then we said, believing. Do you see that? Believing. Let us make man to believe in us. Do, do you guys see that? Like, why do you want to make man? Well, the, the whole first step of man was, I believe in God. And that's God's plan for everyone. He wants you to believe in him. And then in our image, why? Because he belongs to us. He belongs to us, right? And so God wants us to believe in him. God wanted us to belong to him. We are the sheep of his pasture, the Bible says. According to our likeness, God wanted us to become like him, right? And then let them have dominion over the earth. God wanted us building like him. So he wanted us believing in him. He wanted us belonging to him. He wanted us becoming like him, and he wanted us building like him. And, and this, is, this is pure because this is before sin entered the world. This was God's perfect vision for mankind. And I'm going to submit to you, if you're God, you don't ever have to change your vision. Because you can bring it to pass. Does that make sense? In fact, even after the fall, even after sin, we can fast forward to the New Testament after Jesus has come and paid and, and, and he, is, he is on the earth. He's going to pay for our sin. And we, we call it the great commission. He gives his disciples this commission that's great. I can show you the four B's in that. In fact, if you were to look in, in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, you would see this. And he said, go into all the world and preach the good news. Why? I want them believing in me. And anyone who believes in is baptized. What are we? You're baptized in the body. They will be belonging to me. I want them believing in me and belonging to me. We'll be saved. Saved is not a ticket punched to heaven. Saved means I have the right to become the person that God designed me to be and desired me to be. Right? He's given me access to my identity, essentially. And so now I can become like him. And then it says, these signs will follow those who believe now I can build, I can build his kingdom on the earth. I can extend the rule and the reign of Jesus, which was the role of Adam, which was the role of Jesus, which is the role of us. And so here's God's plan for your life. Believe, belong, become, and build. That's actually God's, God's plan for you. And that's why that's our mission. We want, every, we want to help every person believe in Jesus, belong to a family, become a disciple, and build God's kingdom. That's what we want to help every person do. And so let me just talk about those and how we do them. Because it's one thing for me to tell you, this is what we do. It's another thing for me to tell you, this is how we do it, right? Because I've been to some churches and they're like, we're going to reach the city and touch the world. And I'm like, how do you do that? We have no clue, but it sounded good. We put it on our business card. Well, that's not very helpful, is it? Right? So what if I could tell you systematically, we've designed a church that will help you walk in the purpose of God for you. And so when we talk about believe, we're talking about what you're doing right now. Weekend services. Weekend services. And weekend services are designed to help you grow in faith. They're designed to help you come to faith. I, I'm believing God this weekend. People will accept Christ. But even if people don't accept Christ this weekend, they had people accept Christ last weekend. We'll have people accept Christ next weekend because you're going to bring people. And they're going to hear the gospel and they're going to believe. But for you who are in faith, 
You can continue to believe. That's what John said. In fact, John said it this way in John 20, verse 31. He said, but these things I write to you that you would continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that you would continue to believe. In other words, when you get saved, you believe something about Jesus. It's the only way to get saved, actually, right? You believed he was good. You believed he had a plan for you. You believed he could fix your marriage. (laughs) You believed he could help you feel better, deliver you. You you believed he could save your soul or forgive your sin. Whatever it was, you believed something about him, but you didn't believe everything about him. And here's how I know, right? Because you didn't know everything about him. And I want to tell you something else. You still don't. That's why we come on the weekends, because we learn something new about him. And now I can believe, yeah, he's my savior, but I can believe he's my Lord and I can believe he's my king and I can believe his plan for my family and I can believe his plan for my life and I can believe his plan for my finances and I can believe his plan for my destiny and my purpose. And now I'm believing more and more about him. And, and that's why we have weekend services and podcasts are good. Like I'm so thankful and the app is awesome, but it's not the same as being here because it's not the same atmosphere. And so, like, if you miss, man, please get that podcast. But if you can be here, please be here and grow in your faith. And so, so believe and then belong. And belong is we, we, what the Bible tells us we were created to belong to God, just like we talked about, and to belong to his family, to his body. And I'm going to talk more about that in a minute, but the way that we do that is life groups. Um, and that's what we're doing here today. So I'll come back to that one. So believe, belong, and then, build, and then become. And that is becoming who God created us to be. Um, let me ask you a question. Um, for those of you that are believers, would, how many of you would say that you are different today than the first day you got saved? How many would say I'm different? Yeah. You know why you're different, right? Because you're becoming who God created you to be, right? And you know how you become who God created you to be? One step at a time. I take this step and then I take that step, right? And, and for some of you, I mean, because there used to be, next steps have always been a thing. We just didn't call them that. We called it, like you got saved, you should go to Sunday school. And you took that step, right? And, and you got saved, and so you should, you should give. And, we took, that's, and you got saved, and so we used to do Saturday morning soul winning before people got mean. And you could do that, you know, because now you knock on somebody's door on Saturday morning and say, I want to tell you about Jesus. You might get shot. And so... Right? And so we had next steps, and they say you should go to prayer meeting, and, and you went to next step, and you should join the choir, and you took another step. Right? We always had next steps, it's just they, they were called different things back then. Now we have next steps that we call life groups, and leading, and, and, and giving, and serving. We call it a dream team. It's the same idea, it's just next steps, and that's how we grow. That's why we're not the same as the day we first accepted Christ. It's like a next step is reading your Bible on a consistent basis right? Those are all just next steps that we take so we can become who God creates to be. In fact, I can show you that David, King David, talked about next steps. Psalm 119, 133 says, guide my steps by your word (laughs) so I will not be overcome with evil. Do you know what he was saying? God, if you keep guiding my steps toward you, I'll keep walking away from evil. That's what he said. God, help me to keep taking my next step towards you so that I'm taking another step away from evil. Like, I want to tell you something. God's plan for you is to not just get right inside the kingdom where you're still really close to sin, but you would go if Jesus came back. That's really not God's plan for you. That's Satan's plan for you. Like, you know, if, if I can't have you in hell, at least I'll make sure you're a Christian who lives in sin and never does anything with your life. 
Oh, that's good preaching. <laughs> it's like, that sets you free right there. That'll help you. No, God's plan is that you keep taking steps away from evil and you keep taking steps towards him and you keep taking steps toward the destiny that he has for you. And so we become one step at a time and then we build and we do this through the dream team. And that's why we say, man, we want everybody on a dream team. And can I, I want to say this really clearly. We don't have a dream team because we need you to do stuff. We have a dream team so that you can find your purpose. We don't have a dream team for us. We have a dream team for you. Oh, I just thought y'all cause you needed volunteers to make your church thing work there, preacher. I'm not going to get into that. I'm, I'm going to stick it to the man. I'm not getting in that big government church stuff. <laughs> Fly under the radar. Listen, Bubba. Um... <laughs> We don't, we don't actually have a dream team for us. Uh, we have over 300 people that serve on a dream team, and we have a dream team so that you can connect to purpose. And if you can connect to purpose inside a local church, that's how you connect to purpose outside of a local church. It's God's plan. It's all throughout the New Testament. Um, in fact, John 15, 8, this is what Jesus says. This is, my father, this is to my Father's glory. What? 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 That you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. So here's what he's saying. By the way, here's what he's saying. If I'm really a follower of Jesus, you'll find fruit. If you're not finding fruit, hmm, hmm, preach it, Jesus, hallelujah. So he said, here's my father's glory. I want you to bear a lot of fruit. And then you look at verse 11. Now watch this. Disciples bear fruit. And he said, I've told you this. Why? so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Do, do you see what he's saying here? How many, how many could do with some joy in the world in which we live? Joy would be okay with you. Set us free, Jesus. Let me have some joy. Like if you're serving joy, biggie size mine. You know what I'm saying? Supersize that bad boy. I want some joy. You know what I'm saying? But here's what he's saying is that when I bear fruit, his joy is in me and my joy becomes complete. Let me say it another way. I feel fulfilled. Right? So how do I live a fulfilled, satisfied life? Believe it or not, it's not posting better stuff than your friend on Facebook. <laughs> you, know, you, you went to Cancun? We're going to Hawaii. Hmm. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's not really how, you know, you got a new Chevy. Hmm. I got a new, you know, I don't know, Lexus, whatever. It, that's, not actually, that's not actually a fulfilled life. In fact, yeah, that's usually a sign of a very empty life because you're trying to convince your life that it's full because you've got junk in it. Right. Huh. Stuff does not fulfill you, right? Jesus does. Um, there's a guy named, there's a hierarchy of needs that was invented by a guy named Maslow who did all these studies you know, psychologically and all this on people and call it Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And saying, here are the needs as humans that we have. And you know what the highest need we have? is self-actualization. Do you know what that means? The highest need all of us have is knowing why we're here. Right? This is why the church is the hope of the world. Because we're the only people that tell people why they're here. At least we're supposed to, right? And like the highest need that you have is to know, well, why am I on this earth? And if I don't know why I'm on this earth, it doesn't matter what I have, where I go, what's going on. I'm still not going to be fulfilled. And in fact, Jesus said, your joy is not going to be complete until you know why you're here. Right? 
And this is why we have a dream team, because we do a personality assessment, a spiritual gifts assessment when you go to first step, and we connect you to a dream team so you can find purpose, so that you can grow in purpose, and then start getting connected to purposes outside of our church. I mean, that's the goal. The dream team is just a training wheels to help grow you and connect you, and so you learn more about you, and you learn more about your gifts and your abilities and your purposes so that you can continue to move in God's plan for you. And it actually meets the highest need that you have. Self-actualization, to have purpose, to, to live with purpose. And so here's kind of the message of the weekend. The message of the weekend is this, you belong. And so I want to come back to you belong. But it's very important, believe weekend services, become our, our belong groups, and become next steps, build dream team. I mean, that's God's plan for you. But this weekend we're talking about belong. And, and, and the reason is because we're launching life groups, and this is a great time to belong, and you need to know that you belong. And, and there's just really four main things I want to tell you, and I'll tell you these really quickly. And the first one is this. Um, make, make this your church. And, and I think as a pastor, you know, I, I, we have a lot of people that kind of like the tide. They come in and they go back out. And they kind of come in, they go back out. And sometimes new people come in, and then they go back out. And then new people come in, they go back out. And then there are people that stick. And you know the difference? The people that stick grow. And the people that wash in and wash back out, they stay the same. And the reason that the people stick is they said, I'm going to make this my church. Right? Like it's, it's not a concert that I go to when I'm bored. It's, it's, it's not a guy that can say funny things that if I'm feeling down, I might show up. It's not when everything's perfect, I'm going to go, or when I have time, I'm going to go. But the people that really grow, the people that really change are the people that say, I'm going to make this my church. And what I'm saying, this isn't my church. It's not Julie's church. It's, you know, people you say, well, I love, you know, I love your church. It's not my church, God's church. I could be gone tomorrow. Somebody could fire me, you know. I mean, honestly, it's, it's not even me. It's, it's the church. In fact, I want the church to look more like the people than the pastor Amen. because that's what a church should look like. That's why we do free, what we call free market life groups, which is you pick what you're going to do in your life group. I don't tell you. You don't have to do my sermon notes, right? <laughs> Once is probably enough. <laughs> um, you can do golf. I don't care. But, but we, we want the church to look like the people, Right? And so, so make this your church. And, and what I mean by that is take your journey here. We're all on a spiritual journey. Um, and, and you need a place to take that journey. And the church is that place. In fact, there are over 30 things the New Testament tells you to do that you cannot do unless you're part of a local church. Let, let me help you with something. Because there's this demonic doctrine that says, well, I can be a good Christian and never be part of a church. And can I, can I tell you there's a part of that that's, that's true. Like, yes, you can be a Christian and not be part of a church. You just can't thrive as a Christian without being part of a church. Listen to me. I've watched it. I've watched. I've had those people turn their nose up. Well, I don't need a church. I can be a Christian, stay at home, watch TV. I can watch the preacher on TV. <laughs> well, call him when your wife walks out. Call him when your kids are going through something hard. Call him when you're diagnosed with depression. You know, you're not going to call him. And you're not going to call your friends and you're not going to call your life group because you don't have them because you're trying to do life alone and you weren't created to do life alone. If you want to be a thriving believer, you're going to be connected to a local church. In fact, um, the Bible says this in Psalm 92 verse 13. It says, those who are planted 
in the house of the Lord. It doesn't say those who attend. Like it just got real, didn't it? <laughs> those who are planted, not those who attend. Those who are planted, what does it mean to be planted? This is my church. These are my people. This is where I come from. Isn't that a country song? How many country people do we have? How many rock and roll people? How many something else? How many anything else? All right, so I, anyways, those who are planted, what does it mean to be planted? I'm in a life group. I'm on a dream team, right? I'm involved. People know me and I know them. That's what it means to be planted. And it says those who are planted will thrive. They'll flourish. Like the secret to, to flourishing in your life and thriving in your life is taking your journey connected or through a local church. And so take your journey here. The next thing is find your purpose here. Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 2 is very clear. God has a purpose. Look, he is predestined. That means he's preordained us according to his purpose. In other words, God had a purpose and you have a part. You have a purpose in God's purpose is another way to say that. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And what we say is find your purpose here. That's why we, we talk about the dream team. And then here's the last thing. Belong to your people. Belong to your people. Belong to your people. Can, can I tell you just two things about belonging real quick? The, the first one is this, is that um, belonging changes you. And I think this is something we, we don't talk about a whole lot. But Ephesians 1.6, uh, in a lot of versions, it says Jesus has made us accepted. And, and I love that. I love that terminology that, that I don't have to gain success, acceptance because if I have to gain acceptance, it's really not acceptance, it's approval. And the people that I work so hard to gain approval from could all of a sudden decide to disapprove of me, right? So if I have to earn acceptance, it's really not acceptance at all. But that's why I love Jesus because what he says is, so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong. Now, one version says he made us accepted. So I think an accurate version would be he made us belong. Right? Here's the great thing. Here's the great thing about Jesus. He doesn't say that if you, do, if you change, you can belong. Here's the truth of the gospel. Here's what Jesus says. If you belong, you can change. He doesn't say if you change, you can belong. We don't need Jesus's approval, right? We're not trying to gain his acceptance. He said, I've made you accepted. I've made you belong so you can change. Remember one of the ladies that was caught in sin, he looked at her and he said, hey, I don't condemn you. In other words, hey, you're accepted with me. Now go and sin no more. Like I've made you belong so you can be free. This to me is the power of life groups. When, when I know I belong, no matter how screwed up I am, I was in a, um, I'm in a leadership group and, and, and we were listening to, to John Townsend teach and, and he said something that just, I was like, oh, that's it. Because he said, he said, every part of you, including the messy parts and the ugly parts need to be in a relationship with someone. Like if, if you're going to change, you got, you have to be able to bring the broken parts of your life into relationship. And this is where the church is screwed up. And that's why nobody gets set free and nobody changes and nobody lives victorious because at church, we only bring the righteous parts of our life to be in relationships with people, right? Like we're taught how to play the game, right? We're taught how to look churchy and dress churchy. Oh, I'm blessed, highly favored. Oh, too blessed to be stressed. I am blessed by the best. Praise you, Jesus. 
and you just spent 30 minutes cussing your husband out. Right? And so what if the church was a place that said, you belong no matter how screwed up you are. Now you can bring your broken marriage, your broken home, your broken finances. You can bring your addictions. And you say, hey, I'm going to bring the broken parts of me into relationship so I can change. I don't have to change to belong. I have to belong to change. That's worth the price of admission today. So belonging changes me, but here's something else. Belonging grows me. Belonging grows me, and that's what Ephesians 4 says. I love Ephesians 4. It says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Now, how do you find that special work, a dream team? Connected to a local church is each part does its special work. Watch this. It helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Do you see that? That, that, that God created us to connect. And where the connections are is where the strength is. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? Where the connections are is where the strength is. Do you know how people lose in life? They're not connected. So when the storm comes, they get blown away. Right? Listen. We all need somebody to lean on. You got to call on the rug when you need a hand. Come on, everybody. Anyway, yeah, you want to sing it now. But I'm just saying connection. And, and you look at those words. I mean, those are powerful words to me. First of all, there's growth where there's connection, right? When I belong, there, there's, there's growth. That means I'm becoming the person God created me to be, right? When I can bring the broken parts of me into relationship, God can change me. I can become the person that God created me. So there's, so there's, there's growth. And then there's health. And that word health actually is, is to be built up. And I was thinking about a body. So I was thinking about building up. So I was thinking about strength, but I was also thinking about an immune system that when I'm, when I belong and I'm connected, I'm not as susceptible to the attacks of the enemy. I'm immune to some of the things that come against me because I have support and I have connection and I have strength, Right. And then it was like growth and then health and then, and then purpose that it says as each part does their special work. In other words, when I belong, I find my role. I find my place. I find my calling. I find my purpose. Listen, this is, this is why groups are so important because if I'm really going to change, I have to belong. This is Jesus method. You belong so you can change. See, the church has gotten this backwards. We said, when you look like me, when you dress like me, when you talk like me, then you'll really belong. And Jesus said, you belong so that you can change, right? See, the church has been making people followers of the church instead of making them followers of Jesus. Because when you have to change to be like me, to be accepted by me, I've made you a follower of me when God asked me to make you a follower of him. And so God says, you don't have to change. You have to belong. Belonging is actually how you change. And you know, there's tons of people in the church and they're still struggling with the same thing that they struggled with 10 years ago. And do you know why? Because they don't feel like they belong. It doesn't feel safe to really talk about what's going on in their life. It doesn't feel safe to talk about what's going on in their family. It doesn't feel safe to talk about what's going on in their marriage. And because of that, they can't grow. They can't be healthy. They can't connect to purpose because they're like, ah. Oh, I can't really let people see me. I can't, if you can't do that, you can't belong. And, and here's what I love about the way we started this church is, is I said, hey, I want a church where you don't have to be a Christian to come here. 
In fact, you could be an atheist. You could be a Muslim. You could be a Buddhist. I want a place where you can come and just observe. Where you can, I called it this, where you could explore God to see if he's real and see if you want to commit your life to him. And you would be accepted no matter what you look like or what you acted like. I wanted a church where if you're homosexual, bisexual, transgender, or you're still trying to figure out what you are, you're accepted here. Because you belong. That's, the church was created to offer unconditional acceptance because that's what changes people. Not unconditional approval. We're not changing the Bible or God's standard. But just because we're not changing the Bible or God's standard doesn't make us the judge based on his standard. Because we're called to help people belong. Right? Do you see what I'm saying? And so here's what I'm saying for you is you belong here. You belong here because of what Jesus has done. And, and you may feel like I don't belong. See, it's one of the parts of my brokenness is I never feel like I belong in any crowd. And, and, and I can tell you that because I'm a group of people that know that about me. It's not a big secret. I grew up thinking I just don't belong. No matter what crowd I'm in, I'm, I'm the one guy that's always the odd man out. And people don't really understand that. Even people I go to school with are like, man, everybody liked you. Yeah, I know. I just didn't feel like I belonged. But here's what I'm saying is I belong here and you belong here. I guess one of the few places I feel like I belong, and I love my life group because although I pastor everybody in that life group, when I go to my life group, they don't really treat me like the preacher. I mean, they're, they're respectful, but I can just kind of be me. And I actually belong as a person. D- do you see what I'm saying? Which is something that I need. It's what I love about my kids. My kids aren't perfect. By the way, the first time you tell me one of my kids has a different standard than one of your kids because he's the preacher's kid, Jesus is going to have to help you <laughs> up off the ground. And then he's going to need to heal your body. Right? Because I wanted my kids to be able to be kids because I grew up as a pastor's kid. And I grew up condemned and judged and criticized because I supposedly had a different standard than every teenager in our church because dad was the preacher. That's stupid. That's religion. It's idiocracy. No, I want to be me and I want you to be you. I want my kids to be my kids. My family to be my family. I want your kids to be your kids. You don't have to get your kid to impress me. So that I think you have a big family Bible. <laughs> there was a church one time that, okay, I'll tell you this one joke that will go because <laughs> it's funny and I have one minute left. All right, so, um, <laughs> so there's no lie. So the pastor comes over to this house and used to people would cook dinner for the pastor. Please, I don't need you to cook dinner for me. It's not what this is about. Like I love to eat, but with my schedule, I probably can't come anyway. All right, so, but you know, pray for me. You know, anyways, and so when you have your meal, pray for me. But anyways, back in the day, the pastor would go to people's houses and eat dinner. And sometimes that's dangerous because we used to do that as kids. And it's like, Jesus, what is this? Anyways, and so the pastor is over at this family's house and the dad looks at his son and says, son, will you go get that big book that your mom and I are always reading from? Yeah. He came back with a JCPenney catalog and said, here you go. <laughs> so, anyways. I'm saying you don't have to impress me, just be you. And I don't want to have to impress you. I can just be me because we belong because of what Jesus has done. He's made us belong so that we can change and so that we can grow, so that we can be healthy and so that we can find our purpose. Amen. Does that sound good? Why don't you stand with me?